0: walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters, they stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan, where we share tales of old as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. shout out to our patrons Jose, Frater Mutata in Lumine, Victoria, Kadrick, and Donna. Thank you. Welcome inside the caravan. Tonight we are graced by the presence of Kedrick Olson, a shadow worker in the realms of paranormal and pagan heathen men's spiritual growth who uses Old Norse mysticism, runes, Transpersonal Hypnotherapy, and Occult Magical Practices. Welcome!
1: Hey, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Oh, I love that you were able to come. I'm so excited. Um, Right off the bat, I'm really curious, because I was looking at your website, kadrick.com, and it says, from early childhood and throughout your life, that you have led a paranormal life. Would you be able to... Kind of tell us that story?
1: Yes. I grew up in a house for whatever reason. It was like massively haunted. It was, you know, pretty active on the paranormal scale. And oh, wow. I was recently just listing and thinking about the stuff that was going on. And it's like, it's textbook, you know, the cold oh, wow. spots, the warm spots, the weird sounds, the footsteps down the hallway. Uh, one of my favorites was always the toilet flushing when nobody was around it. You know, oh, maybe wow. problem issue or plumbing issue, but whatever. But yeah, a toilet would flush. Huh. And sometimes it was as super obvious as you would set something down on the table or on the bed, you'd look away for a moment and you go to the back to pick it up and it's like not there. You're just like, wow. wait, wait, did I just set this down here? Wasn't I just, you know, you're racking your brain going, Am I going crazy? Did I just put oh, and my. it's like no. We, the, it's a clear, distinct memory. I said it here, but it's gone. Or wow. the times back when I was a kid, you know, we had the TVs with the actual dial that you had to change. We, <laughs> you know, where the yes. kids were the remote control, you know, hey, get up there, change the channel. You know, we yes. were the remote. But <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: you'd be across the room sitting on the couch, just chilling out, watching a cartoon, and all of a sudden the dial would turn. It would just oh, be wow. like, really? Or, uh, heck, I remember one night I used to sleep in the basement in my parents' house and I came upstairs just to grab like a glass of milk or a midnight snack or whatever. And the radio just turned on full blast out of nowhere. It's just like, what the heck? And of course, I'm a kid. So I just run out of there going. The next morning, my parents are yelling at me. Why did you turn on the radio in the middle of the night? We were trying to sleep. And I'm like, I was up there, but I didn't touch it. So it was. Right all sorts of strange things like that. And so my parents trying to figure out what was going on. Plus, as a kid, I was tuning into this, you know, being on the playground. Mm -hmm. I, my imaginary friends weren't playing games with me. They were teaching Mm. me about different layers of reality and how different types of beings interacted and what spirits were all about. I didn't have play, playing imaginary friends. I had teaching imaginary friends, but of course they weren't imaginary. And so my parents right. took us to a, a spiritualist church. It was called the Temple of Harmony. And it's your oh. typical Protestant stand up, sit down, stand up, sing, sit down, get lectured oh. at, stand up, all that blah, blah, blah stuff. Right. But it ended with trance mediumship. You know, there'd be like two oh. to three mediums would go up on the stage, go into a trance, and spirits would come through. And I didn't do wow. the Sunday school stuff. I wasn't one of those kids that hung out with all the other kids. I wanted to be there to hear what the spirits were talking about because I needed to figure out what's going on in my world. Right. And then on top of all of that, Saturday night in the church basement was seance. You know, we'd all sit in this oh, big old wow. circle, go into a meditation. They'd call in the spirits and it would be just more and more of the transmediumship stuff. So I literally grew up with this as a normal part of my life it was like natural and normal of course everyone's got ghosts of course everyone's talking to spirits of course everyone needs to have a tv on at night otherwise the spirits mess with them all night long and they can't sleep Eh, you know of course we (laughs) all do that right
0: right (laughs) wow wow so how old that when you first experienced something paranormal what is your first magical memory
1: I think I was probably two or three years old, just getting ready to go to take a bath. And my parents have this rectangular light shade that was over the bathroom light. And I remember looking up at that and seeing a small little person, you know, like an elf type thing, walking in the lampshade. I could see its silhouette and it was walking. Of course, I'm a kid, two years old, three years old going, ah, what was that? (laughs) (laughs) Right, probably my very first paranormal experience was, yeah, two or three years old.
0: Wow, that's incredible. You know, and it's really interesting, too, that you talk about little people, because that seems to be something that keeps coming up for me right now when I am talking to people, and they are saying, Oh, when I was younger, there was this little person here, the spirit that would kind of come and go, and they were so small. And it reminds me of when I was a kid, I think that I had to have been about maybe five and I come from a long line of rock hounders. So my dad and my grandparents would all go out looking for, you know, rocks and agates and special stones. And we were out once and it had rained. So it was a little bit muddy. And I remember seeing these footprints, but they looked like it was a one-year-old without shoes just these perfect little Mm. footprints. And I was just, I remember telling my dad, I said, dad, what is this? And he said, well, it's the little people. And I, and I just looked at him like, what are you talking about? And I never really got an answer. (laughs) (laughs) And then now, now that I'm older and I'm in this world, in this community, I'm hearing about them all the time. And it's just one of those it's it's fascinating to be like, wow, this this is real. I did experience something like that. That's out there.
1: It's absolutely true. We live in a world full of so many different types of spiritual beings, astral entities, subtle creatures that mm-hmm. it, it's just it's impossible to catalog all of them because they're so different and our experiences and perceptions of them are so different and absolutely Little people, right. the, the fey folk, the the nature spirits, they are all around mm-hmm. us everywhere. And it's really cool that you had that experience at that age and that your dad was just like, oh, yeah, hey, it's just <laughs> the little folk, the wee folk,
0: the yeah, little people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, something that I wanted to ask, you mentioned warm spots. Now, I've heard of cold spots and I've experienced cold spots, but w- what's a warm spot?
1: Well, it's the opposite of a cold spot <laughs> And what I mean by that one is a cold spot tends to be where a spirit is picking up and drawing the energy. You know, okay. they're, they're using their energy for whatever they need to so that they can manifest or they can do their energy work. A warm spot mm-hmm. is a buildup of energy. It's where oh. maybe you're creating a sacred space or you're creating mm-hmm. some sort of an enclosed room and you're filling it up with that energy. For example, when I do ritual, when I call the quarter, well, I set wards, right? Because I do the Norse stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't quite do a hammer, right? But I'll do it with runes and I'll do with other things. But when I set the wards around the room and then I Mm -hmm. start calling in deity or these other beings, the room gets warm and stuffy. You can feel that building up. And if you're setting up a a bedroom because you want to get to sleep at night, you want these things to leave you alone. You Mm can set up the wards on the room. You can clear it. You can set up the energy so that you're there and safe and nothing's going to mess with you. And Mm. the room will get a warm spot. It'll be just like the inflow of energy coming in.
0: Oh, wow. Really thinking about it. I don't know if I've experienced that before. So that's fascinating.
1: Well, you'll have to get into ritual with me and you'll see the whole room gets stuffy. Like when we're doing ritual, it doesn't matter if it's one person or 20. We could even be outside. And the area that oh, we're wow. in, it just gets like, it it comes on so subtly, you know, it's like boiling mm-hmm. a frog. You don't even notice it. And then <laughs> when, <laughs> and then when the ritual's <sighs> over and done and we open up space, it's just like it flows and you can feel the cool air coming through and the flowing happen again. It's just like, wait, oh, wow. what happened here? Where did, and it was like, oh, I get it now.
0: Right. Wow, yeah, no, I would love to experience something like that. That would be fascinating. So you began within a church, and now you work with the runes. Would you mind sharing that journey on how you transitioned into more of the Norse stuff?
1: Yep, my parents were totally open to me exploring any sorts of spirituality, spiritual path that I wanted to. Their basement that I was living in was like a library they had books on everything i mean literally everything and there was a section that was all magical and esoteric and Mm. they had a book there that i don't have that one to this day but i have another one because it disappeared it's called the Mm -hmm. secret teachings of all ages by manly p hall it's Mm. a fascinating read amazing where he gives an inside look at the teachings and the philosophies of several mystery schools from the Eleusinian mysteries to the old egyptian mysteries even oh, to the masonic wow. rites and rosicrucians and there was a little section in there about the odinic brotherhood that caught my eye thought that was oh. fascinating at the same time i was listening to some really crazy music you know i was one of those <laughs> kids listening to heavy metal And I Mm -hmm. found a band from England called Sabbath and they had this uh, album myth history of a time to come blew my mind. Mm -hmm. It was about a a Christian scribe going into pagan England with the premise that he was there to learn about paganism. But in truth, Mm -hmm. it was all about, you know, greet them with a velvet hand and crush them neath an iron fist kind of thing. Mm, Right. And it, it was based on a book called by Brian Bates. So of course I got that book started reading that. At the same time with all that i had picked up ralph blum's book of runes which was really the only rune book at that time mm-hmm. and there were words that were crossing over from the music to the books that i was reading and i was working with the runes and it just like it all clicked it all made oh. sense and so i said if what all of these mystery schools were teaching about the esoteric world about the paranormal reality that we live in and all of this weird stuff are true They're just using different words and different terms to explain it and to explore it. And so I said, I need to have a control group. I need to have a foundation that's solid that I can explore thoroughly, intensely, that makes sense to me. So I can make this happen in a way that I can explore it. And so I chose the Norse path and I chose the runes as my foundation and my control group. And I studied that for years. I got into it. I can translate poorly. I need help from dictionaries, (laughs) but I can translate Old Norse poetry and come up with the understanding of what's really hidden in there, what the little mystic mysteries are hidden in the linguistics. And I got to a point where it just didn't work. It's like I hit a roadblock and I'm like, okay, I need to go back and study some more. So I went and explored other esoteric groups, other occult practices and really learned what some of this stuff was. And then I came back to look at my translation work in the Norse and I'm like, Oh, (laughs) here's what I was missing. And I saw just how deep Norse mysticism was. And so that's kind of why that's there. It's while I do the pagan men stuff and I do the paranormal stuff, runes and the Norse mysticism are the tools that I infuse throughout all of that work. It's not the the runes aren't really the primary thing i teach and the thing that i do but it's the means by getting the stuff done like if we're setting sacred space we'll use runes right. if we want to access some of the sacred archetypes for pagan men we'll use runes and we'll do a lot of the Norse stuff to get in the séance to connect with spirits to clear space that sort of thing so that's how i use runes today
0: wow that's amazing now with séances you know that's something that I'm also new to within the last year is all the seances and they're fascinating to me. How old were you when you attended your very first seance?
1: I don't know, probably 10, 11, 12 years old, something like that.
0: And is there a moment that stood out to you that was either like the most memorable or the most powerful? out of all the seances that you've
1: done. You know, they keep one upping themselves every time (laughs) they're like lessons that come from past seances. Like the spirit saying, you know, we do have this ability to heal you, you know, talking just general Mm. to people that were in the audience. We do have this ability to heal you and take away your pain and the suffering, but we're not going to do it because it's going to take away your greatest pleasure in your life. Because you've identified yourself by your pain and by your illness and you're talking to people. And if we suddenly take that away from you, you can no longer identify with who you are and what you, you won't have anything to talk about with others. So you need to do your other work, your spiritual work, your inner work and your growth. If you want to see the pain and the healing happen, otherwise we would just be doing a great disservice to you. That was one of them. One of the things that really stuck with me over the years is the spirits complaining about people worrying about names Now, names is a big deal, uh-huh. right? People like to go into seance and know, Oh, Hey, that's grandma Thelma coming through or uh-huh. that's uncle George that's- talking, right? They, they love that kind uh-huh. of validation, but the spirits in the trans mediumship work that I grew up with, they would just complain about it. It's like if Abraham Lincoln came through <laughs> and gave you some sort of profound information You wouldn't give a damn about what Abraham Lincoln said. You would just be going, hey, it was Abraham Lincoln that came through. That's all. (laughs) We had Abraham Lincoln tonight. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then you'd miss the message.
1: Exactly. So I've worked over the years with the spirits without names on purpose. I I teach a special form of evocation that I call agnostic evocation, where we Hmm. don't, not, not agnostic, but agnostic, where we don't use names, where we we look for certain attributes and certain characteristics of the spirits that we want to contact rather than specific oh, wow. individuals because we're looking for messages. We're looking for mm-hmm. teachings and higher-level work. Now, right. I'll share you with you the most profound thing that came from the last seance we did. Oh, wow. The spirits that came through... There were a few personal messages for individuals, but there were more spirits coming through needing healing for themselves, which just was astounding me. Now, when I start a seance, I'm, of course, at the one leading things, having the spirits come through. But as we go through, I'm having everybody else tune in and get into, get involved with it. So at the end of the seance, for the most part, I'm just kind of facilitating and stepping back while everybody else is doing the reading and conveying the information. And in this particular Mm -hmm. seance, we got the information about somebody coming into the room who had been beheaded. And he was like in the frontier times, was beheaded. We found out that it was his brother. Somebody else came in, said it was his brother that did it. They were fighting over a family heirloom. They had a common love interest. And so we brought both of the brothers into the room. We brought the dad into the room who was just a jerk. He wanted nothing to do with it. We tried to bring the mothers in the room, but somebody got like mother, mother. She wrote down the word mother twice. And it's like, oh, Uh,
2: it's because
1: they had two mothers and the moms weren't going to help. And everything mm. we did to try to reconcile these brothers failed. So we called in higher beings, like they're higher guides in here. Can we get some resolution Mm -hmm. for this? And the suggestion came through. Why don't you guys reincarnate? Come back as brothers so that you can get oh, the fatherly wow. and the grandfatherly love that you want and that you need in your life oh. everybody in the room instantly said whoa something just drained out of here something's gone like what was that like like the warm spot through cold spot feeling just happened
2: yeah and oh. so it was
1: cool we ended the seance everything was fine and hunky dory a couple days later i'm talking with somebody and he mm-hmm. brings up just kind of out of the blue as we're talking a bit about past lives and that sort of thing he brings up out of the blue that he was talking with one of his friends the other day and his friends like, Oh yeah, my brother and I figured out that we used to have a past life together and that he killed oh. me and did something with my oh. head and just like jerked it back and knocked it off. And now oh we're coming back to reconcile and get things figured out. And it was like, Oh, Whoa. Oh. The- details he was providing me about his friend matched the details we were getting in seance, like out of the blue with no provocation. He's just telling this thing. Meanwhile, I'm picking up my jaw off of the floor going, (laughs) wow, what kind of stronger validation do you need than that?
0: Yeah. Oh, I have chills. That's incredible. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. This paranormal (laughs) stuff is real. You know, over the years, Mm -hmm growing up with it i kind of tried to see you know convince myself it's bogus everyone says it's bogus it's not real and then right. things like that'll happen or other things will pop up and i'm like no you can't <laughs> deny it it's it's as real as daylight it's there it's
0: i agree with that 110% you know i even with me like i've said to a couple of the people that i've been talking with recently i'm like Within the last month and a half, things seem to have really just taken off for me. Like the other day, I was sitting in my room and all of a sudden I just felt my ears were plugged and I felt dizzy and I didn't understand what was going on. And all of a sudden my phone goes off and I check it and it's my best friend saying that, hey, you know, I I went and I did this and I'm having, she basically had an allergic reaction. And her ears had plugged up and she was dizzy and she was having anxiety. And I was just sitting there like, oh my gosh, that's, you know, but at the same time, I was kind of questioning, okay, well, maybe this is coincidence. Maybe it's allergies. She's got allergies and I do, and it's just spring and that's just how it goes. Well, then yesterday I was sitting in my kitchen and all of a sudden I just felt this pain go through my arms and into my wrists and my hands. And I felt like I had the flu, like it was really, really intense. And something told me to message my sister. So I messaged her and I'm like, Hey, how are you feeling? (laughs) Like, and I felt weird to ask it. And she told me, she goes, well, you know, I got my vaccine today and I feel like I got hit by a truck. She told me all the places that she hurt. She felt like she had the flu It was to a T exactly what I was feeling. And I was just like, oh my gosh. So this isn't just something weird. This is me being, I guess, empathic. So I I tried to do kind of a cord cutting ritual and then a salt bath to be like, you know, okay, I recognize this and I'm grateful for these gifts. And My sister, she is aware of these things. And she goes, you know, I can carry this on my own. Just let the universe know that, you know, I can heal myself and you don't have to be my healer. It's going to be okay. (laughs) And so I did these things and just boom, no more pain. Like I was never in pain to begin with.
1: Yep. That paranormal awareness that you've been developing and you've been Mm -hmm. working with is really what helped you. And I think that's a huge part of I'm calling it paranormal awareness from now on is discerning what is yours versus what is external. Because if you can't discern internal from external, you just think, hey, this is how things are. I'm doomed to sucking at this and things are awful right now and I'm right. stuck there. But because you were able to discern, no, this is an external source. Thank you for that information. And now I am mm-hmm. going to do what I need to do to clear and take care of myself that brought you back into a place of healing and well-being just because you had that initial awareness and then you knew what to do about it. I think that's great.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been it's definitely been a journey. It's 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 a whole new world. And I definitely I mean, I definitely believe in this stuff. That's for sure. Especially after, uh, you know, there again, too. And I remember I spoke with you after I had gone to Ohio and we did the Mm -hmm. paranormal investigation. And there again, it was one of those times where I I'm in this and I've experienced a lot, but at the same time when I went into that building initially, I just felt like, oh well, it'll be fine. What are really the chances of anything happening? <laughs> and so I go off and something touched me. I, I felt it a hundred percent in my hair. And it was so shocking that it was just another one of those confirmations that, um, these things are real. And again, you know, it, and it helped a lot too. And that's something else that I wanted to touch on was the, uh, safety for paranormal investigators, because like I said, I had spoken with you and you had talked about the three flames meditation to kind of do the cleansing of, Mm -hmm. from being there. Cause we had experienced headaches for gosh, I think we had them for two days after we had been there. And when I yeah, and it was pretty intense. But then going through your meditation, oh, it helped so much, and it just felt like a a weight had been lifted.
1: Exactly, and that's who I'm glad you had that. I'm glad that you had that three flames work that I gave to you, and that you were working on that. And yeah, I think it's one of the critical things. The more I've learned about this, and the more I see that, the more I'm realizing just how essential it is for this paranormal investigator training. I mean, it was it was born out of me getting frustrated of TV shows. I'd see the paranormal investigators mm-hmm. on TV and I would just cringe going, "What are you guys doing you're doing these right. things to actually get the attachments you're doing these things that will mm-hmm. give you the problems why are you doing this and then you get all freaked out when it happens and like come on <laughs> right right <laughs> and, and then i talked to our mutual friend patty and a paranormal mm-hmm. investigator cedric who runs nope out of new orleans so i think it's new Orleans new orleans paranormal experience and talking mm-hmm. about attachments and the problems these guys are having and i'm like wait a minute could you guys use like training to help you with this? And they're like, please, yes, it's needed. So I put together (laughs) a little course and we met in New Orleans, Patty and Cedric and his team. And I ran them through the training and the feedback I got right away. is like, wow, okay, now we know what to do. Now we can go through this one. They gave me some feedback of a couple of little cases that they ran into and what they did to help solve it that came from the training. I'm like, Right. Oh, I'm like great. So now I'm expanding that training (laughs) to get more and more paranormal investigators on board. I mean, you've got your OSHA training, so you know not to trip over a cable and how to put things out of the way and not, you know, accidentally stumble and fall. But Mm -hmm. I, from what I'm gathering, there's nobody out there training these guys and what to do when you feel that cold spot and you get that bad smell and now you've got this overwhelming feeling of nausea or you've got the headache coming on it's instead of just being a victim to it go oh my god here i am stuck what do i do it's like okay (laughs) i get it you're doing this to me and here's how you take care of it and how you deal with it And by the way from everything you've Mm -hmm. described to me with your experiences Mm -hmm. i could very much say that i think one of your strongest gifts is clair tangency
0: oh i've never heard of that what is it
1: well cl- it's like clairvoyance <laughs> is seeing clairaudience is hearing clair tangency mm-hmm. is where you get the tactile feelings of things this is that oh. sensation that something's touching you you get that headache you get the nausea you get you know that yeah. sense of breathing or not so clair tangency is that the feeling in your body.
0: Wow. See, that's fascinating because another another one of them that I haven't heard about, I don't even know what the name for it is, but another thing that has been happening is smell. So one time Heather uh, was cooking and I didn't know this and I was smelling peppers and it was like, you know, the red and green peppers and it smelled like You know, like somebody was making stuffed peppers or something and Heather came into my mind. And so I messaged her and I said, I know this is going to be a really strange question, but did you eat or are you eating peppers? And she's in Ohio and I'm in Oregon. And she was just like, uh, yeah. And I was like, whoa, because I, I, you don't hear about the, the smell part either.
1: Sure. It's called Claire Aliens. Oh. And wow. it is that when you're investigating in a place and you get that that bad smell. That's right. Claire Aliens. Or people have had experiences with divine beings of different kinds and they mm-hmm. get that wafting through of of roses. Or oh. maybe you're connecting with a being in seance and you get the smell of like gasoline and motor mm-hmm. oil and you're like were you a mechanic when you were alive and it's like boop, intuitive oh, wow. hit, yes so that would be clear aliens is where you get that smell
0: oh my gosh and I love the way that what what you just said too because I was sitting there thinking well how would you even use that If you can smell things like what's the what's the real use of it? But now with your example that you just gave on being able to say, Well, oh, were you a mechanic? That's fascinating.
1: Oh yeah. And you'll you'll pick it up like, did your grandmother used to wear like bergamot scented oils? Kind Uh of thing, because I'm picking up the bergamot or I'm in the kitchen with your grandmother. This has happened a few times picking up in the kitchen Mm -hmm. with your grandma and I'm smelling a spice, like it's clove and ginger and cinnamon. And they're like, yeah, those are the cookies she used to make because you're able to pick up that smell.
0: (laughs) Right. Oh, wow. That's so fascinating. And it, and also I, I have a question that I asked my uh, last guest and I want to ask it to you too. Out of all of the Claire senses, If you were able to say, okay, I want this one and it's going to work perfectly all the time, but all of the other ones go away, what would you choose?
1: Uh Uh-uh, not going to do it. (laughs) They work together too well. You know, you you pick up the, the Claire Aliens, you get that smell. And then you'll yeah. have that nostalgic feeling and then you'll feel the energy coming in. And so mm-hmm. you've got your empathy going, you've got the clairsentience mm. happening and then you get a flash of grandma with a baking pan <laughs> and there's your clairvoyance. It's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, no way. I, I, I take them all.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Even if it's, it's a little fragments.
1: Too. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. No. And, and it's amazing because there are so many moments where I have definitely like what you said to feel these things and then to smell it. And then all of a sudden you're seeing stuff and you're just transported there into the moment. And it is all of them working together. That's right. So
1: It's think about it this way. And this is how I teach using clear senses mm-hmm. is we start by our physical sense. Like if you're, we're developing clear audience, You can play Uh a bell and then you stop and then you think about what that bell was like. You're not hearing the bell, but you have the memory of the impression of what that bell sounded like. You tap the bell again, then you go back to the memory. Then you take an imaginary instance of something that happened, not imaginary, let's say a memory of, you know, the voice of somebody and you could hear the quality of their voice. And it's just the memory of what the quality of the voice was. You can't literally hear it, but you're picking up on the quality and the memory of that. Then you could imagine right. going to a concert by your favorite band. Your eyes are closed, but you can hear the music playing. Mm. That Now you can open up to your guides and to the spirits around you and say, hey, can you give me some sort of a clairaudient information that I can hear And then be aware of how you're hearing it, where it is in your head that you're hearing it, what the quality of it sounds like. Like For right now, I've got sort of like the weird tinnitus ring, but it is in the the area of my left sinus cavity. Can't explain it, but that's just how the Clare audience is coming through when I ask for it.
0: Well, my next thing that I was going to say is... Going into more of the theatrical, magical powers, so shape-shifting and teleportation, invisibility, all of those, if you could choose one, what would you choose?
1: Hey, teleportation would be great. I like going places, but I'm not always keen on driving. So if I could just suddenly (laughs) magically get where I needed to go without having to deal with the trip, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that would be. I like it. I love that idea. I think that I would choose teleportation as well. It would be. There's so many places in the world that I would love to travel and so many different things I'd love to experience, especially down in New Orleans. That is oh, definitely yeah. one of my top places. And I don't know what it is, but I've always had this this vision in my head about going into a shop. I There's a shop. And I know that I'm going down the road and the door is on the left and I go into it and the the counter, as soon as you enter it, the counter's on the right and there's a woman standing there and I, she says something to me. There's some kind of message, but I don't know what it is. Hmm. Yeah. And it's just been like this replaying vision that I've had for a long time.
1: Well, when's the next time you're going to New Orleans? <laughs>
0: I don't know, because I've never been. I would love to go to the Endless Night that is going on on Halloween. That would be incredible. But I'd also love to just go in general and just explore the area. Yeah, it's called to me for so long.
1: Yeah, New Orleans is an amazing town. I've been there a few times. And -hmm. the people down there are just amazing. The energy down there is Super amazing!
2: Mm.
1: I know. I just can't say really very. I can't say enough nice things about it because <laughs> it's just a great place,
0: right? And before I forget, too, I want to jump back over to when we were talking about runes mm-hmm. on your website. It also spoke about something called craft Oh yeah! Can you teach us and tell us about what that is?
1: Absolutely. In Old Norse, the traditional way of working with runes is as magic tools. They, mm-hmm. th- this whole concept of runes being used for divination, sure, it's valid, it works, but it's mm-hmm. really just a modern thing. We just kind of use that here in the modern times. Uh, but in the old times, in the Old Norse time, there is absolutely no sign, no indication that runes were ever used for divination. Instead, they were carved into wood and stone and to Mm -hmm. bring their energies to life, they were sung. And there are ample indications throughout the lore of runes being sung. And it's a matter of, I think the person who does it best is jonathan goldman who does sound healing work and mm-hmm. it's a matter of combining intention with frequency to create manifestation and that comes directly from jonathan goldman's work and mm-hmm. galdering runes is the exact same kind of thing every rune has a meaning has an intention to it such as the rune Algiz. it looks like an upside down peace symbol you know it's got the three branches reaching up off of a single stave in the middle. Mm -hmm. And it is a protective rune. You can think of it as those three branches reaching up into the upper worlds, the realms of lights, Mm. the heavens, whatever you want to call it, the upper worlds, and bringing that higher vibration energy into the world that you're in, into your body, your being, and the space around you. So it's protective by connecting to the sacred. Now, if you look at that rune, and you sing its name, Algiz, with that same intention of connecting to the upper worlds and as a rune of protection, you are tapping into what I call temporal resonance. That that oh. rune has been sung that way for over 2,000 years with mm. the same intention. And when you're tapping into the spiritual realms, there is no such thing as time or space. Everything is right. just connected. And so you get out that rune, you want to do it as protection, and you're going you're creating safe sacred protect the space because of mm-hmm. that temporal resonance and with galdra craft, i took it to the next level the theory behind it is that there are seven vowel runes in the elder futhark and mm-hmm. i align those seven runes along the length of the spine that correlate with the chakras now i take it even another step further is that there are seven notes in our diatonic scale, our Western diatonic scale, which makes sense to our ears. And so I attribute every one of those vowel runes to one of the notes in the diatonic scale. and Therefore, I can grab Old Norse rune carvings like Thor Vigi, which means Thor, bless, and protect. And then I know the notes on the scale that I want to use, and I can create music out of Old Norse poetry, out of Old Norse rune carvings, and that's basically mm. Galdra craft. It is the modern interpretation through music of old Norse magic.
0: That's incredible. I I love that. And I would love to share more of that with the listeners and uh, like, I'll have to put links down in the um, show notes for this because I know a lot of people are really drawn to runes everybody's fascinated with them when it comes to divination and you know casting the runes or throwing the runes and and uh to be able to expand on that and be like oh well check this out you know it goes deeper it goes i think that that would be wonderful to really get out there more
1: thank you yeah it's a a powerfully transformative experience the album of music that I have on there called Soul Magic is mm-hmm. written as if it was a musical rune ritual where you wow. set sacred space, you tune your being to a higher state of being, you connect mm-hmm. with the runic energy, and then you can get into songs for like peace, prosperity, and healing. Mm. And finally you close with a song called Ellie Leaf Solu, which is all about integrating that energy of the experience into who you are and what you're becoming. So all of that music on that album is like literally a musical rune ritual.
0: Wow. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Wow. Gosh, (laughs) like even like the energy right now, even just talking about it and and I don't know, the visualizations and just the way that it feels is, is it's just really powerful. It's amazing.
1: Thank you. I love this work yeah. that I'm doing. And sometimes I feel like I've got so much work to do and so much to bring out into the world. It feels <laughs> scattered because it's just all over the place with so much to do. And <laughs> trust me, yeah. there is a lot more coming. I'm actually working on a new program, a new course that's not ready for uh-huh. prime time yet. I'm literally yeah. writing it as we were speaking. Well, not as we we're speaking, but literally today, <laughs> I was right. writing it and working on it. And it is ways to develop paranormal awareness. It doesn't really have so much to do with runes. I'll come back, and swing around to do rune work more. But right now I'm going to focus on paranormal awareness, paranormal protection and clearing stuff. And then I'll come back around to doing, I want to do some intro to Norse practice. So people have a foundation. So they go do rune rituals and Norse rituals. And then Mm -hmm. I've got uh, some working with subtle bodies in the Norse tradition where we do use runes and music to connect and align like the mental body, the emotional body, the causal body in a way that helps us to reach a higher coherent state of being through using the runes that that's coming. And then I've got a ritual again, rune based with music that Mm -hmm. I call Galdra bloat, which is based on the lesser banishing Rite of the pentagram, but using Norse practices. I've been teaching this for years with amazing results and it's just a way of it's kind of like ceremonial norse magic for want of a better term but it is a Mm -hmm. way to connect with ascended ancestors and do ritual Uh space in a higher state of being rather than just kind of calling up the wards and then raising a horn to the gods and then being done with it this is more intricate more intimate to really raise your energy to a higher state of being through the work
0: yeah, no, I agree that, um, you know, I, I'm i familiar a little bit with the Golden Dawn and I have done the uh, lower vanishing ritual and, and calling down the, the energies and, and the way that it, when you go through that ceremony and the way that your energy changes and the way that you connect and then being able to do what it is that you're wanting to do after you do that, it's definitely... A more powerful and I see more results as well uh, when you do things that way
1: absolutely it's a powerful ritual I, I still will occasionally engage with a lesser banishing rite of the pentagram on purpose just so I can reaffirm my energy and reconnect right. with it and then I'll go back to do gulger blood which I do myself just mm-hmm. about daily if not twice a day I'll do gulger blood on my own so mm-hmm. it, it's powerful working
0: also Shadow work. Mm. It says that you're you're a shadow worker. You know shadow work to me is it's very powerful and it's very essential. But it is also something that I have noticed that a lot of people really aren't aware of what that is.
1: The way I define the shadows is they are the unwanted behaviors, beliefs, and thoughts and emotions that you have that are controlling your life in a way that you don't want anymore And the reason why they're shadows is we tend to project them onto other people like so and so is doing this to me and they're always pissing me off or they make me feel <laughs> yes. sad or scared or we hide away from it and so we look mm-hmm. at these unwanted emotions and behaviors knowing that we developed those because they protected us they helped us we they were an adaptation oh that helped us get through a certain point in our life for whatever reason that was. And so the psyche created those shadows as a means of like kind of validating the inner being and helping you. But the mm-hmm. soul knows what the shadows are about. It knows that the shadows are actually hiding a very important and valuable part of your, your whole being. And so like yeah. maybe you were upset about roommates or you know people that you're cohabitating with just trashing the place and always leaving it awful well underneath that could be a sense of higher value that you want to live in a place that is more reflective of how you see yourself and you see yourself as nice and tidy And that there's a smooth flow of aligning energy, but the people around you, they don't have that same value. And you can honor that and say, fine, that's not your value, but this is my value. And then when you recognize that this is a valuable part of you to have that sense of tidiness and that flow and that orderliness, then you can move to a place where you can have it the way you want it and still be friends with those people in a way that you're not fighting and conflicting over something like who left the cheese wrapper on the floor this time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: right right exactly oh that's beautiful
1: and it also weirdly enough helps with the paranormal stuff i debated whether or not i was going to put out my current course shadow ascension with a specific Mm -hmm. focus on the paranormal and i might do that for the second time i launch it Mm -hmm. the reason being is we've been told so many stories and so many narratives about the paranormal being scary or that we can't do it. You know, either it doesn't exist and that you shouldn't do it or that you don't have the capability of doing it. And if you do tap Uh into it, then all these bad things are going to happen. So we've built up these shadow traits that block us from connecting with the paranormal world that's around us, or we're creating these awful paranormal situations or even weirder. And this is true too. We could have these shadows of non-deservedness and unworthiness Mm. so that when we go to do ritual working to try to manifest better things in our life, that shadow gets in the way. And so the shadow work is so important to clear what we've been taught and what we believe to be true about these things, what we've been taught and what we believe to be true about ourselves so we can open those conduits of manifestation so we can actually build powerful, benevolent alliances with spiritual entities that have a whole new perspective of your life and your world. And all of that comes by clearing the shadows, finding what the shadows were really hiding about you and unlocking your connection with the paranormal world.
0: Yeah. Wow. See, that's so true. It's so true. Cause I, I mean, even me within my journey of everything, there is a lot of fear. There is a lot of worry in, in regards to all of this. And then just in general too. And it's amazing how many times when I've done my own uh, shadow work that I sit there and realize how much I I was holding myself back and I no longer needed to and it to really recognize that you know what this had a purpose for a little while I see why the shadow is there but then to be like okay thank you but you can go now and then that major shift that happens and the how the weight is lifted and then all of a sudden how things just it's it's like um unclogging a sink, you know, and all of a sudden all these beautiful things just start happening. And yeah, no, I think that it would be wonderful if you released that.
1: I think I will. I right now I've put out the the current shadow course and it's it's over and done. My enrollment's full on that one. But maybe in another couple months I'll revamp it a little bit and I'll reorient it specifically Mm -hmm. for people dealing with paranormal issues from, from blockage to negative activity to, to what I call the scrambling effect. When you put something out to manifest and then you start to see it happen, but it gets all scrambled and distorted. It never quite comes through the way you want it or it just doesn't Uh, plain happen. So shadow work will help absolutely with the paranormal and the mystical work you're doing.
0: Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah, definitely. I I would love to take that class. That would be, that'd be awesome.
1: It's a pretty intensive course. It's six weeks long. It's videos, it's audios, it's PDFs, and then a uh, oh, wow. 45 minute to one hour with me. So it gets mm. intense into some of the, the icky chachi stuff that we don't want to deal with, but I encourage right. you to feel it, to, to embrace it, to mm. really, to dive into, you know, like that, uh, I don't want to feel this way so that you can yeah. use that as a guide to get you where you're going. But Hey, if you want to know what that's like before I release it again, cause it's closed right now, but I do have on my website, if you go to the shadow Ascension tab, the page for shadow mm-hmm. Ascension, there is a free guide that you can download that oh, nice. are ways that you can clear the shadows of your past. And I give you a five step process mm-hmm to painlessly work with the shadows that you're dealing with. So you don't have to go too deep. You don't have to go too intense. But this will be a good intro to working on some Mm -hmm. of the shadow stuff so that when you want to, we can go deeper.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I love it. Since we're talking
1: about guides, you can also go to my webpage and I've got another guide on there on the paranormal page. I'm going to work on putting this on the front page, but on the paranormal page is another guide of 10 ways to clear like tendrils and attachments and keep yourself safe from psychic attack. I give you 10 practical ways. And here's a spoiler alert. Absolutely zero, none of them, nada, have anything to do with running through your house with sage, yelling at everything to get out, or sprinkling (laughs) holy water everywhere and praying to some (laughs) deity to make it all go away. These are actual practical skills that you can use and develop right now to take back charge over the energetic environment of your home and your body and your being so that you are in charge of what's going on around you, not some external source doing it for you.
0: You know, and that's really important because like the uh, the lesson that I learned just yesterday as well, just like how you need to clean your house and you need to keep your computer up to date or your phone, when you're doing this spiritual work and when you are sensitive, it is so important to do these things. And I am guilty of not doing them. And I sit there and I go, oh, I'm experiencing this. I wonder why. And then I it dawns on me and I go, "Oh. I didn't I didn't clear this. I didn't cut these cords. I didn't, you know." And I'm really starting to learn and realize how important it is to almost do that on a daily basis.
1: Absolutely. Energetic hygiene <laughs> is essential. And the more yeah. spiritual work you're doing, the more paranormal work you're doing, the more vital it is you are doing your energy
2: work.
0: Yes, definitely. I'm definitely learning that right now for sure. I appreciate your time very much. And I loved this conversation. If you could share with everybody all the different places that they could find you and your book and everything.
1: Absolutely. Just look for my name, Kadric. It's spelled K A E D R I C H and you'll unlock a whole world around you. You'll find me on Facebook. You'll find me on Instagram. I've got a bunch of stuff on YouTube, and I'm going to be adding some more there soon. My website is kdrick.com, and if you click the Runes tab, you can even find the link to my Galdra Craft site. I know Galdra Craft, it was kind of dumb. Now that I look back on it, who's going to know what Galdra Craft is and how to spell it or what that yeah. means? But, you know, it's out there, and you'll yeah. find it on my Runes page. So, but, yeah, just... My name, Kadric, is enough to unlock all of this world for you.
0: Oh, perfect. Well, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, too. I really enjoyed this time, and you asked great questions, so I enjoyed this conversation oh. a lot.